discipleship and being a disciple. Uh, you know, can you be a Christian uh, and not be a disciple? The word disciple is mentioned 233 times in the Gospels. It's mentioned 261 times altogether in the New Testament. But in the Gospels, the word disciple is mentioned 233 times. The Irish way is 233. <laughs> so it's 233. So, you know, I'm so aware of how easily we can claim to be Christians and how easily we can decide not to be disciples. Uh, can you claim to be a Christian and not be a disciple? I don't know. Is it kind of like... Is it like claiming to be a musician but not being able to play an instrument? I don't know. Uh, uh, lots of people you know, have different ideas. Is it possible to be a believer and not be a disciple? I don't think so. I don't think so because a disciple is somebody who, who makes a, deci a decision to follow after Jesus Christ. It's not a religion. It's not enough... Uh, it's not enough to, 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 have, to kind of make uh, you know, mental decision to be a Christian. God has to do something. And, and as I looked at discipleship and I looked at, the, uh, looked at Hebrews 11 and the suffering, uh, the, the suffering of the saints in Hebrew, Hebrews 11, some of them saw the dead being raised, which is amazing. Uh, and that they are still being raised in some parts of the world. We don't see it in this part of the world. In fact, we see very little in this part of the world. Uh, because I don't think there's a great enough need for us to see it. If we're sick, we go to our doctor. And if the doctor can't help us, we go to our specialists. And if the specialist can't help us, we'll probably die. But that's not the way it is in every country. That's right. You know, in, in, in African nations and um, in the East... You know that, uh, that at, at this time in history, there are more Christians, more, more people have become Christians. This will encourage you. More people have become Christians in the last 20 years than in all of Christian history. There was last week almost one and a half million people became Christians. 1,400,000 people came to Christ last week. Isn't that encouraging? Yes. Um, now we have to ask ourselves, what, what does it mean? You know, in a lot of these countries, people are suffering. They're suffering. They're prepared to give up their very lives. They, they give up their jobs. They give up their families. They give up their homes. They give up everything for the sake of knowing you. We sang that song there, I Surrender All. And we sang another one, we talked about giving you my heart, giving you my dreams. You know, it's so easy for us to sing these things, but are we, are we really serious about giving up our hearts, giving up our dreams, giving up our lives if necessary? If you're here this morning, you know, I, I understand that it's the grace of God, isn't it? It's the grace of God that I can stand here with, with the revelation and the commitment and the determination and everything I have to serve Jesus Christ. It's only the grace of God. I understand that. But it doesn't mean that I don't have to make an effort, does it? 
I've got to make decisions every day. Do I follow Jesus Christ? Do I follow the ways of my peers? Do I follow me? Do I do what I want to do? Do I do what Jesus Christ wants me to do? Can I hear Him? How do I know what He wants me to do? That the major way that we hear is through the Word of God, through the Scriptures. And I have to say, I'm a little bit concerned about some of our Christianity. Uh, I'm a bit concerned about some of the gospel uh, that we hear. Uh, the, 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 you know, the kind of thing. You're, you come to Jesus and He just gives you everything. You know, he's, all, he's your servant, you know. Come to Jesus and you'll never be short of anything. You'll never suffer. You'll never have any problems. That is not the truth. You know, over the years people have said to me on the other occasion, um, well, you know, really, isn't Christianity really a crutch? Well, I suggest if you think that, that you try becoming a Christian and living the Christian life and see how much of a crutch it is. It's not a crutch. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. And people need a challenge. Our young people need a challenge. Most of our young people are spoiled rotten. They're spoiled rotten. And we are too when we look at, when we look at the rest of the world. When we look at people who are making a commitment to Jesus Christ and are dying as a result of it, being killed. I read recently about a church, I don't know whether it's Singapore direction, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But this pastor ran an alpha course. He got hundreds of people uh, in an area where it is not popular to be a Christian. And he got hundreds of people responded to uh, and, and, and completed this alpha course. And at the end of it, I'm not quite sure about the figures, but something like 17 or 18 uh, people made a decision to be baptized. Now, the idea that when we're born, a drop of water is poured over us, or it doesn't matter how it's done, and that makes us Christians, is nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. It does not make us Christians. The only thing that can make us Christians is an encounter with Jesus Christ. I don't care what religion. Religion, it's not religion. But this, this man... Uh, he talked seriously because there was a serious risk that these people would lose their lives. And something like close to 20 people made a decision that they were going to be baptized. This man has a church of thousands. Church of thousands. Most of these churches are underground. We don't, we don't hear about them. <clears throat> but within a month, every one of them died. Every one of them were killed. What can you say? They're prepared to die for their faith. We're not prepared to get out of bed in the morning if it's raining. You know, it's just Christianity, you know. What kind of Christianity are we promoting? God help us. Sorry, I don't apologize for getting emotional. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't apologize. That's not thing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being embarrassed. <clears throat> but you understand. You know, if you're a Christian, you've got to make up your mind to follow Christ. 
That's nothing as annoying as, as, as to be with somebody who's saying I'm a Christian. There's no difference. They're living their lives no different. They're as mean and nasty and small-minded and, and jealous and petty as everybody else. You think, what is that about? What is that? That's not Christianity. That's stupidity. What, what are you doing to yourself? You have no eternal reward and you have no satisfaction on the earth. So go and do what everybody else is doing. Sin and enjoy it. What's the point? <clears throat> Well, look at the passage in, 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 in Matthew uh, 7 uh, where, where, where uh, people approached Jesus. They said, Lord, Lord, didn't we, didn't we do miracles in your name? Did, didn't we prophesy in your name? And he said, I don't know who you are. Depart from me, I don't know you. Listen, because somebody is involved in miracles does not mean they're a Christian. Because somebody can stand up here and prophesy does not mean they're a Christian. We've got to discern. We've got to use what God has given us to discern. And I, I, I understand that in all of this, that while we have to make the supreme effort, that it's only the grace of God. It's only the grace of God. But we have to make the effort. I heard a song... Um, Last week, uh, an old song that I heard many years ago that, uh, that impressed me. It's a, a little bit of a challenge to it. Um, and it's uh, a guy called Don Francisco. Uh, Rebecca, if you want to just listen to this for a second. It's challenging. Uh, but, it, but it just confirmed the things that have, been on, that have been on my heart recently. So can we just listen to this for a minute? And, uh, there's no words coming up now. So if you want to just close your eyes and listen. I don't care how many buses you own or the size of your sanctuary. It doesn't matter how steep your steeple is if it's sitting on a cemetery. I don't care if you pave your parking lot or put pads upon your pews. What good is a picture-perfect stage if you're missing all the cues? Don't care if your pastor is super-powered and your program's always new. What you need is love and truth. Men are going to come to you. It doesn't matter that you know the Bible. If it's all just in your head, the thing I need to ask you is have you done the things I said? Do you love your wife? For her and for your children, are you laying down your life? What about the others? Are you living as a servant to your sisters and your brothers? Do you make the poor man beg you for a bone? Do the widow and the orphan cry said you love me and every song you've sung it doesn't matter that your sacrifice of praise is loud enough to raise the dead the thing I need to ask you is have you done the things I said and do you love your wife with all you've got inside you are you laying down your life what about the others 
Are you living as a servant to your sisters and your brothers? Do you make the poor man beg you for a bowl? Do the widow and the orphan cry alone? Lord, when were you a prisoner that we did not come to you? When was it that we saw you sick that we didn't follow through? Every time you turned your head and pretended not to see When you did it not to the least of these You did it not to me I think he's talking about Christianity Living for Christ Living for Christ How do we, how do we do that? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I just know we need to, we need to follow after him with all our hearts. I know we need to have an encounter. In recent times, uh, I don't know. Most of you are from Catholic background, but um, um, there was one of the disciples who always got a hard time. Uh, if you remember, we always called him Doubting Thomas. Do you remember him? Poor old doubting Thomas. He <coughs> we never knew by anything else, only doubting Thomas. <coughs> but I wish we had a few more doubting Thomases. Uh, people who would doubt and not just say, Yeah, I'll become a Christian, that sounds lovely. I'll have all of that, I'll have the new car and the new house. And why wouldn't I? You know, I'll, I'll do all of that. Uh, I'll give my life to Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> You know, it won't cut it. And you know something, even if you're sincere and you invite Jesus Christ into your life, He has to do something. It's not just up to you. He said, if you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. There's too many people saying, yeah, I'll make a decision. Thank you, Lord. John and I met with, with, with somebody recently <clears throat> and it really it just, it just shook me um, this man wanted to talk and uh, he wanted a little bit of counselling and whatnot. and John and I sat down and we talked to him and he comes in with his Bible under his arm been carrying a Bible for years and puts his Bible in the chair and we began to talk and uh, we'd had a chat beforehand and uh, John said, you know, maybe we just ought to listen to this man for a while. He's been around a long time. And we simply said, you know, uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about, you're a Christian. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, tell us a little bit about, what happened? Oh. He had nothing to tell. He goes to the meetings now and again. He reads his Bible now and again. He's still a con man. <laughs> he is a con man. He's living, he's living a life that nobody would want. But he calls himself a Christian and he carries a Bible. And we had to challenge him. Say, listen, what, what does it mean to be a Christian? Is it enough to carry a Bible? No, it's not enough to carry a Bible. Is it enough to say I love Jesus? No, it's not enough to say you love Jesus. Is there fruit in your life? What's your life like? 
think John possibly said to this man, is there any evidence? Is there any evidence of Christianity in your life? If you were, if you were brought to court, uh, would, would, you know, would they find any evidence to convict you of being a Christian? No. No. You know, in this Christian walk, I want to walk with Christians. I want to fellowship with Christians. I want to be around Christians, disciples, real Christians. Now does that mean we have to be perfect? Thank God it doesn't mean. Thank God for, for 1 John 1 9 that says, you know, uh, if we sin, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Thank God for that. Because I was sunk without it. I'm not saying we have to be perfect. But we have to make an effort. We have to make an effort. We have to make decisions to follow Christ. We have to make decisions to read this. How, how, how do we... Bill Johnston said, uh, I quote actually, just a little thing that he said, um, uh, it, it's so much truth. He said, it's possible for people to be brought out of the land of slavery, but never enter into the land of promise. Because of lack of repentance and failure to retrain our minds. And he says, the lack of repentance and failure to retrain our minds leads to many aborted destinies. God has a destiny. But if we're not prepared to be trained by the Spirit of God, and if we're not prepared to read the Word of God, it's not going to happen. Because God has designed it to happen that way. So suck it up and do it if you want to. If you want to grow, if you want to mature, if you want to bear fruit in your life, I, I'm not claiming to have it made. <laughs> because there are people here, and especially Maureen, and in one minute she could she could have it on the floor, uh, expose my weaknesses and my sins. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm saying we have to make the effort. We have to forgive. We have to love. We have to grace one another. We are aliens on this planet, but we don't have to alienate ourselves from, from everybody that's not a Christian. That's religion. That's religion. Kevin, maybe are not Christians. We get on great. I don't push them. They know where I stand. I know where they stand. We love each other. I want to see them come into the kingdom of God, but I can't do it. But we love each other. We care about each other. We, we don't alienate one another. We decide to love one another and accept our differences. And we've, it's the way we've got to live. We've got to live with the world out there. We don't have to live the same as the world. But we do have to live in the world, don't we? Yeah, it, 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 it is. Uh, it certainly is. The word discipline. We have to discipline ourselves to follow. I reckon that's probably probably one of the roots. Jesus said a few things. Uh, I'll read a few scriptures. Um, so what I want to do, I want to challenge us this morning. I want to challenge me too. But I don't want you to go out of here with a big heavy load on your back. You know whether you're following Christ or not. You know, don't you? And if you're not, get on your knees and repent and start doing it. That's all it takes. Make up your mind to follow Jesus Christ. Or get into the world and follow the world. 
Lukewarmness is what Jesus said. He said, the scripture says that he spits us out of his mouth if we're lukewarm. Can we be hot or cold? Don't be lukewarm. Okay. Mahatma Gandhi spoke about seven social sins and one of them uh, was worship without sacrifice. Worship without sacrifice. It's interesting that he was... Uh, do you want to hear the other six? I'm not going to preach in them or anything, but do you want to hear them? Yeah. It's interesting. Some of them, some of them you, you, you can really relate to. He said, pleasure without conscience. That's dangerous. It's all about me. It's about my pleasure. Whatever it takes for me to pleasure myself. Pleasure without conscience. Knowledge without character. Whoa. Oh. Wealth without work. I'm not talking about people who can't find work. That's not it. But, but to, be, to be rich without work is dangerous. It's dangerous. Especially if you're without Christ as well. Dangerous. Commerce without morality. Science without humanity. Oh, this is my favorite one. This is, this is my Achilles heel in my Christian walk. <laughs> Politics without principle. Oh God, we watch that, don't we? Oh man, that kills me. Oh, don't get me going on that. I already sinned only a couple of days ago over that one. <laughs> it just kills me. Just kills me. I repented immediately. Help, Lord. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the truth is that, you know, it, it's not the fault of the politicians. They're just morons. They're morons. Following after their own desires. They're, they are. They're fools. They're, what does the scripture say? The fool in his heart says there is no God. That's what I call a moron. A fool. And they're following after their own ways. They're not interested in God or anything to do with God or godliness. I'll do it my way. The Frank Sinatra way is the way they do it. And we all suffer for it. We all suffer for it. But I have to say, in the mornings here, sometimes when I worship and pray, I find myself asking God to bless them, to help them, to do something, to encourage them. Uh, you know, and I don't want to... If I wasn't a Christian, I would want to go and shoot them, pick them off one by one. But what would we replace them with? The church is asleep. The church is asleep. We need the church to stand up. We need. A, I pray here in the mornings, God, give the church some profile. Do something. Raise up the church out of the ashes. So that Christian men and women would speak out. They'll stand up and say, this is wrong. We're not going to do that. Who was it that said, you know, just... For good people to keep quiet is all it takes for the for the, the for sin to abound, for wickedness to, to prosper. The country is full of decent people who know right from wrong, but the, but they're 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 herd, they're herded like sheep, one way or another. I'm not going to I'm not going to keep on that track. <laughs> My Achilles heel definitely. And the final one was worship without sacrifice, and I thought a little bit about that. It costs you, it costs you to have intimacy with God. It costs, it costs you. You've got to do some things. You've got to, you've got to put away your own ideas, your own philosophies, your own, your own hard-earned.
conclusions <laughs> and they're all smashed most of them are just crushed by, uh, by, by, by scripture and they don't make sense um, yeah. I talked about um, poor old doubting Thomas earlier on don't know, where I, don't know where I ended up with him but eventually the reason he was called doubting Thomas was because <clears throat> when Jesus Christ died and was resurrected and the disciples he, he appeared to the disciples and for some reason or other if you read the scripture Thomas wasn't with them when Christ came back and, 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 and spoke to them and so when he came back on, 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 uh, to speak to them and they told him that Jesus was alive he said no, 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 he died, he's dead the same as any of us would say, he's dead, that doesn't make any sense how would he be alive? they said but he is, he's, he, he's, he, he's raised from the dead, we met him, we spoke to him he said no, forget about it, don't believe it I think that's fine, he was honest he was honest, I think we need a bit of that I think we need people to say, no, I don't believe Jesus is alive. And we need to be able to somehow lead them to a place where at least they're open to listen, to hear. But you know something? Jesus eventually stood in front of Thomas and said, Thomas, here I am. And Thomas fell on his knees and he said, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. Because he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And what I'm saying is, it's not good enough have an encounter with Jesus Christ. If you want to walk with God, if you want to follow after God, if you want to be a disciple of Christ. And you know something? It's not a boring, miserable, religious life. <laughs> Actually, if we could really, really do what the scripture says, it would be a very exciting life. We'd probably give away everything we have for a start. Help, Lord. <laughs> That's what the disciples did. Remember the book of Acts? They took everything. They sold everything. I laid the money at the apostles' feet and said, Here, this is for the kingdom of God. Do you remember two people who tried to pull a fast one? Ananias and Sapphira? They said, Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get plenty of credit here. and We'll, we'll appear to be, you know, we're okay, we're... <clears throat> so they lied and they... Remember it was theirs to begin with. They didn't, no, nobody demanded anything from them. Nobody's demanded anything from you. Only your life. <laughs> if you want to follow Christ. <laughs> Salvation is, is a free gift. Eternal life is a free gift. But we have to put our life on the altar after that. But we can. We can because of the help of the Holy Spirit. Where was I? Lost my track. <laughs> oh yeah, Ananias and Sapphira and the, the long and the short of it is because I don't have time they died they died they tried to pull the wool in the early days and God said no, not having any of this and Ananias was carried out and Sapphira came along and Peter said is it true? oh yeah, yeah, we sold everything and there you are dead I thank God for grace for us but, but, but you know if we, if we want life you know we might not lose our physical lives but we will lose our spiritual lives if we try and pull the wall come on let's be real if you can't make it fight until you can't make it go to somebody talk to somebody get help 
come alongside somebody else but make a decision to follow Jesus I'd rather have 10 people in this church that are sold out for Jesus Christ than 500 who are piddling about come on lads and lassies we need to follow Jesus we need to follow Jesus I'm saying again I know it's great I'm not, I'm not claiming to have it made but listen I need your help to make it you need my help I need the help of Christians I need brothers and sisters who say listen Tone maybe there's an area you might kind of work on you know if I can't take that up <laughs> we want God to come sometimes that, that he will too but if you can't receive any kind of instruction or any kind of counsel uh, from anybody else you, you have a problem haven't you I certainly have a problem if I get to that place just shoot me because I might as well go to heaven I prefer to be there oh Lord help I'm just going to read you how much time do I have Trevor I need to look at the clock have 20 oh my goodness that's great okay 15 minutes okay it's getting shorter <laughs> probably end up in 20 area <laughs> all right we've settled for 15 <laughs> you know in Exodus chapter 33 there's a couple of verses from 14 to 16 where where Moses um, where God came to Moses and he said, Moses, I want you to, I want you to do A, B, and C. And Moses said something that, 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 all, that always struck me, you know. He said, Lord, I, I, I will go, paraphrasing a little bit here. He said, I will go, I will go for you, but you must come with me. Because he said, you're the only one that distinguishes us, your people, from the rest of the world. You're the only one. Without you, we're the same as the rest of the world. Are you the same as the rest of the world? Is there any difference? When you're in the company of people, is there any difference in you? There ought to be. You don't have to be obnoxious and a bore and be in people's faces. But you, there are lines beyond which you don't go. You don't cross. Or if you do, you're going to spiritually begin to die. Because you cannot live in both worlds. Is your desire for Jesus Christ, or is your desire for the world? Is your, if your desire is for the world, acknowledge it. Do something about it. Make a decision. Go back into the world or follow Christ. But it's this lukewarmness, this, this, this idea that somehow we can receive all that God has for us at no cost. No sacrifice, no suffering, no effort, no nothing. That's not true. It's not true, but it's so worth the effort. To have intimacy with God is so worth the effort. It's so worth the effort. You, you, you can't explain it. You either experience it or you don't. Are you a disciple? Or are you hanging on? I'm not wanting to put you down 
just wanting you to come to a place where you know who you are, you realize where you are, and make up your mind to do something about it. But don't piddle along with the throttle, you know, the bike barely going. Make a decision to follow Jesus. In order to do that, we've got, there's so much, our, our mind has to be transformed. The scripture talks about, and I'll read a little bit from, uh, I'm going to read from the message. Uh, Romans chapter 12, you'll all be familiar with it, a couple of verses there. Uh, I was reading this uh, the other morning in, this, in the message here, in, in uh, oh, I think it's two, two, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. And uh, it, it, it's amusing. Uh, I, I have difficulty finding it here. I wouldn't have difficulty, but it'll cost me time, so I don't want to take time because I'm not familiar with this Bible, this particular one. Uh, but it said, uh, uh, Paul was writing to Timothy. He said, Timothy, if you're finding things rough, take it on the chin like the rest of us. <laughs> take it on the chin like the rest of us. Don't whine and moan. I'm sure he had been preaching to him earlier about being a good soldier for Christ or whatever. But he said, take it on the chin like the rest of us. We're all going through that. That's what being a Christian is about. You've got to take some rejection on the chin, don't you? Yes. How many people have difficulty with their families because, because you're a Christian? Take it on the chin. How many of you are going to be taken out and flogged next Saturday for being a Christian? Don't see any hands. How many are going to be killed? How many are going to lose your life? Be beheaded? Don't see too many hands. Come on, let's take it on the chin. But let's be Christians. Let's just let's just love people. Let's just let's just love God. Let's just share our hearts with people, whatever we have. Love your wife. Yes, but the scripture says she's got to... Never mind what the scripture says about her. What it says to me is, love your wife. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I better say it. Look at the way she's looking at me. <laughs> Did you hear that? Wait till I get you home, she said. <laughs> promises, promises. <laughs> <laughs> promises, promises. <laughs> I fear the latter. <laughs> anyway, she knows I'm pulling, the, pulling her leg. What did Trevor say this morning? <clears throat> Real men wear pink. Why? Because her wife told them to. <laughs> Did you not say that? <laughs> Trevor, I, I forgot to tell you, Trevor, I'm a gossip. <laughs> I can't keep a secret. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right, Romans chapter 12. This is in uh, this is in the message. Might be a little bit different, but it's plain English, and uh, and I like it. Uh, Paul is saying, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. 
and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed, I like this, you'll be changed from the inside out. So many of us try and change ourselves. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, John talked about that last week, maturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. John said last week what we need is mad Christians. Mad Christians. Mature and dangerous Christians. And I suppose this is kind of following on that theme. He was pulling together something that John T. had preached on and Trevor had preached on. He was pulling things together. You know, I think there's a real challenge for us today. Either this church is going to grow or it's going to go. This church is going to grow, but it depends on us. If we're going to be wishy-washy and, you know, it's just not going to work. People need truth. We want people who love Jesus. We want people who follow after Jesus. And if you're only here a short time, I'm not talking about you. But if you're here two or three years and your life is the same, I'm talking to you. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. And the grace of God is there. And the love of God is there. And there's help from Him. And there's help from, you know, there's plenty of help if you want to change things. But are we going to move on into 2014 and 2015 and 2016 and no change in our lives? I hope not. I hope not. Take one thing. Take one thing. I know that there are long-term there are long-term issues that, that, that we're, we're hopeless about, that, you know, that we can't do anything about. That we've got to hang in there and see these things through somehow or other. I'm not talking about these things. I'm talking about the things that we can do something about with a bit of effort. If we make the effort. I want to read one more scripture. Uh, it's from Matthew. Uh, it's just an interesting little piece of scripture. It's something we discussed here during the week. Uh, it's Matthew chapter 20 and verse It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. I didn't check up what a denarius is, but uh, we, we know it's a, day's, it's a day's labor in the vineyard, whatever that was. So it's a day's wages uh, for those who go in the vineyard. <coughs> 
And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing. So he went, he asked people, he, he made a deal with somebody for a day's wages and they went into the vineyard and began to work. And he came out again and saw others standing in the marketplace. And to those he said, you too go into the vineyard and whatever is right I will give you. And again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour he went out again and found others standing. And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day long? And they said, because nobody would hire us. And he said, you go into the vineyard as well. And this is about mindsets. And when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last one that came in. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each one received a denarius, a day's, a day's pay. You can see what's coming, don't you? And when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. Why? Why should they receive more? They made a deal for a day's wages and they got it. So, so why? What is it that's in us? What is it that's in that that challenges you like it challenges me? Hold on a minute. This doesn't seem quite fair. Why? Didn't, didn't I get what I agreed? But hang on a minute. But it's none of my business what he got or didn't get. And when they received it, they grumbled at the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. That wasn't a problem when they were offered the job in the beginning, but suddenly it became a problem when they saw somebody else getting a little advantage. Does that, is, is there something in you that... Something in me that God needs to put to death. I don't know about you, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just doesn't seem right, does it? <laughs> it is right, but it doesn't seem right. It's challenging, isn't it? This is only one of these simple little things, but they're minefields if you really look at them. And he answered and said to the one, to one of them, "Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius, for a day's wages?" Take what is yours and go your way. But I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is mine? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? Jesus put his finger right on the problem, didn't he? Is your eye envious because I am generous? You know, people look at this and, and uh, you, you might be asked the question, well, you know, I live a Christian life, you know, from the time I'm 12, I give my life to Christ and I, you know, I've been a good Christian and following after Christ and, and this person on their deathbed and they say, Sincerely, Lord, help, forgive me. Are they going to go into heaven? Yes. Is there something in you that doesn't like that? 
I would suggest you have a miserable Christian life if that's the case. I don't know what kind of a relationship we have with God, but if that makes you miserable, there's something wrong with your walk with God. Because you're having a miserable time in your Christian life, and that's not what it's about. That's like being married and want, wanting to stay single. You're married and you see all, you see all the people uh, running around with other women and whatnot, and you're, and, and you're married and you're saying, hmm. I want to be out there. There's something wrong with your marriage then, isn't there? <laughs> you want it all. <laughs> yeah, that's, gener- that's that's the human nature, isn't it? Okay. Um, I'm going to finish there. Look, all, all, all I've done was throw out a few, I hope, what's just a bit of fresh manner. And catch, and catch something in your spirit, you know. Uh, but for goodness sake... Don't just flop around the place and be lukewarm. Will you make up your mind to follow Jesus Christ? Just to do what he asks you to do. And you're not going to know that if you don't. Follow his word. But his word is not good enough if you don't know him personally. There are plenty of people. In fact, there's horrendous stories of people who who, who, took this book and they just killed people. Because people didn't have a relationship. They followed after the guy with the book. They got to follow after the guy in the book. Not the guy with the book. Anybody can carry a book. It's only a book. So I just want to encourage you. Please, do something. Do something radical. Jesus was a radical. He was a revolutionary. He, He was an extremist. You know, we've got to shake ourselves. Will you shake me when you see me? You know, I need you to give me a shake when you see me going downhill or, you know, encourage me, whatever, whatever way that takes. I have people around me who, thank God for people around me who do that. Maureen is one of them. Trevor's another. John, John T and John O'Reilly. They're people who encourage me in my walk with God. They're people who are not afraid to challenge me, who are not afraid to ask questions. And I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Okay, um, what is it that distinguishes you from any other person? Is there anything to distinguish you from any other person? Mindsets. There's one story that I often tell, and if if you've heard it, you've heard it. It's, it's in relation to mindsets. And it's the old one that I love. Uh, it's the fish tank. The large fish tank with, this, with the, this beautiful fish. And he's swimming one end to the other. Never touches the sides. Never touches the ends. And he's enjoying life. He's having a good time. And somebody comes along. And they decide to experiment. And they put a pane of clear glass. Down the middle of the fish tank. And so the fish is, is now limited to half his space, but he doesn't know that. So he happily heads off and he bumps into this glass. And he goes, whoa. And he goes around again and he, he bumps into it again. And he goes, whoa, whoa. And eventually he bumps into it more gently. And eventually he never hits that glass again. And he will spend his lifetime now surfing around half the space that he had. Really 
Yeah, they, they, after a certain length of time, they decided in the experiment to take the glass out. That fish continued for the rest of his life, never to go there again. He was limited by something that wasn't there. He was limited by a mindset. He believed that the, that, that was as far as he could go. Don't be limited by mindsets. We've got to allow God to change our mindsets. This little illustration here in the vineyard, I could see the mindset. I had to battle with it. Why? <laughs> you know, what we're brought up to, to how we're brought up to think and how we're brought up to believe and our sense of justice and injustice and right and wrong. It's so warped sometimes compared to what, what Jesus would say, what God would want us to do. But what I've got to do, we had some fun here because, and I uh, see him here this morning, we, we sat around this table and one guy just couldn't get it. He said, no, 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 it just isn't right, it just isn't right. You can't pay a man for one hour, the same as you pay a man for ten hours, it just isn't right. <laughs> and he just, he just, he, it's not that he couldn't get it because we explained he wouldn't get it. He said, no, <laughs> it's just not right. In our culture, it's not right. It's not right. Right for who? Not right for me. It was pretty okay for the other guy who did the hour, wasn't it? <laughs> he was a happy man. But it put my nose out of joint. Uh, but, but I've got to recognize that in myself. And I've got to say, yeah, 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 okay. It's, that's a bit rough, but over to you, Lord. And I've got to recognize that the reason it's not right is because I'm envious of him. But it all boils down, I'm envious of the person uh, who had to work a lot less and get the same amount. And that's all it is. So deal with the envy and we don't have a problem. John. God isn't Yeah. I like that. I like that. Did you hear that? God isn't fair, but he is just. Our sense of fear can be pretty fearful, can't it? <laughs> okay, I'm going to finish there. Uh, look, uh, if, if something I've said has struck you, or, or if I can help, or we can, if you think prayer will help, and listen, prayer is wonderful. But if you go out the door and do the same thing today you done yesterday, prayer is not much good to you. If, if you want prayer, if you want, to, if you want to talk and you want to pray and you're determined to, you know, if there's something that struck you and you want to deal with it, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to encourage you. Um, I would love to finish. Sean, could we finish with that song, I Surrender? That just struck me so much. And maybe in your heart of hearts, if you're, if, if you're sincere, just sing this song again with, with all your heart. Maybe the worship team could go up when we just... Uh, 